Welcome, my pod people. This is Historical AF. My name is Natalie. I'm Kina. I'm Cassie. And I'm Max. Yay, we are a historian, a librarian, and some special guests bringing you the funny, weird, spooky, and morbid historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear holes. <laughs> yep, this is episode 65. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we never remember what number. So we're going to say 65 because that sounds like a positive number. And we're going to talk about TV. And I'm super excited because I binge way too much. I'm so excited you guys are joining us. Fun fact, my mom is the one that told me about you guys. And what? she called, yes, my mom, big fan. She binged you guys oh. and then called me and was like, you have to listen to this podcast. And then I listened. I was like, okay, I'm going to uh-huh. make them be my friends. <laughs> uh-huh. So I slid into your DMs and now we're here. And then earlier today, I was like, hey, mom, guess who's going to be on the podcast tonight? She's like, who? And I told her, she's like, you're kidding me. So I think. <laughs> I, she's listening. She said she wasn't going to talk. I don't know if you guys saw on the right side. There's a chat box. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah she's listening. She's just too shy to talk. But Who's, what's your mom's name? Alita. Hi, Alita. This is Cassie. Thanks for listening <laughs> to this and recommending yes. our podcast. Thank you, Alita. Uh, it's <laughs> such a good you. podcast. Thousand percent recommend. Why don't you guys tell us a little about yourself, your podcast, where you're okay. from, what you do, all that good stuff. Well, my name is Kathy, and I um, my background is science mostly, earth science, and that's kind of my field. And I'm Max, and I don't, you know, I, I just do a lot of things. <laughs> um, we do a podcast called Insanely Haunted, where we watch every episode of uh, our favorite ghost hunting show, which is called Ghost Adventures, and it is. It's just the most extra ghost hunting show on the planet to us. Um, <laughs> it's hosted by this guy called Zach Bagans. And he is a big doofy meathead who thinks he's psychic and <laughs> l- wants to both fight and sleep with a ghost. Um, <laughs> that is the best description I've ever heard. <laughs> every episode, he and two of his friends go into a haunted place uh, paid for by Travel Channel. Which is always funny to me that it's a travel channel show because it's on the mm-hmm. same network as like that lady who just gets drunk on boats and that's the whole TV show. Wait, what? <laughs> Have you ever watched Travel Channel? When I watched tra- when I was a kid, I would turn Travel Channel on every once in a while. And there was I felt like it was always the show about this blonde lady just getting drunk in different places. What? I don't know. I literally have no idea. Okay, well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I told you everything I remember about this TV show. Well, so, like there are a lot of ridiculous ghost hunting shows out there. Yeah, yeah. But a lot, you know, either they're like more credible ish, I'll say ish, like Ghost Hunters. It's just more serious, or, more like self-serious. Yeah, or they're like so bonkers. It's just like, okay, this is ridiculous. Whereas Ghost Adventures, the way I like to describe it is it's as if you're watching a Christopher Guest mockumentary film. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Spinal Tap, Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman. Because it seems... Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, it's like it's like you're watching a fake documentary yeah. that's kind of just ridiculous. They're such char- real. They're such characters that it's really hard to believe that they're like actual human beings <laughs> yeah. while you're watching it. But they, they clearly take this very seriously, yeah. which yeah, makes it so much do. funny. And funnier. Zach Bagans now, he's very famous because of this TV show, which is always <laughs> really astounding to sit back and think about. He opened a haunted museum, Museum of Haunted Objects in his hometown of Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm-hmm. And 
they are like they have a whole suite of programs like zach has been the executive producer on not one but two paranormal contest (laughs) like reality shows as as, uh, that we know of that we know of uh he also did a show briefly that was called deadly possessions which was about uh, artifacts from his haunted museum (laughs) um that was later changed to ghost adventures artifacts Mm -hmm. uh but no new episodes were produced and now they're doing a thing called Ghost Adventures The Screaming Room, where they just watch old episodes of Ghost it Adventures. Looks so boring. <laughs> and they just badmouth the people who led them into their homes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was listening to you guys today, your newest episode, and you guys were talking about that. And you're like, mm-hmm. he was trying to do like a director's, you know, cut, but it just comes out really weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's uh, so, like, he changed, like, his personality is a little different. He's grown as a human being mm-hmm. uh, in the, like, 15 years how long has it been in the like yeah for like 14 years since ghost adventures started Mm -hmm. those early seasons are so beautiful where he's just like (laughs) there's a scene that i tell everybody about that is like iconic to me where at the beginning of every episode it's just zach bagans usually walking towards the camera and talking (laughs) about the haunted location with his arms a little bit out so you can see the muscles he's very big and strong Mm -hmm. Um, or so at, to to give the impression that his his muscles are so big that he can't close can't put his, his arms, arms down. down. <laughs> um, and this particular episode, he's doing that little walk and talk, and he's got his hair spiked in that way that everybody did in the early 2010s, except no, that earlier than that. Well, in the late 2000s, um, early 2000s. Except that it's not spiked up; it's spiked out forwards, and the sun is directly <laughs> oh, over him, like a visor. So you can't see his eyeballs because of the shadow of his hair. It's just really great. <laughs> They left that in. That made the cut for the TV show. (laughs) We started the podcast because this was something that we did outside of the podcast before it was a thing. We would get together with our friends and uh, get inebriated and watch Ghost Adventures because it was funny and brought us together. And we played bingo together as well. Yeah, bingo card. Yeah. And then then Max was like, we should do a podcast together, Cassie. And, And then I was like. Ghost adventure. Because yeah, I started a podcast <laughs> with some friends of mine in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, uh, I don't know, it just seemed easy to do, and everybody was doing it. And podcasting had reached that point of saturation where literally everyone on the planet had a podcast, so there was no practical <laughs> whatsoever to be successful <laughs> in having a podcast. <laughs> so I just did it, did it with some friends of mine, and I got so much enjoyment out of it that I wanted to do one with Cassie. Oh, oh. That's so sweet. Oh, yeah. It's one of my joys in my life. And I remember when my mom first told me about you guys. She's like, I I can't tell yet if they like him or if we're making fun of him. And then, and then she called me back like I, I last next time we talked to her. She's like, okay, now they're shitting on him. I, I don't think they like him very much. <laughs> we're in a about complicated the relationship with Zach. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, it's the same. It's like. He, you can't help but laugh at him, but at the same time, it's very entertaining. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, he's like a dumb just, puppy. No, yes, he's like a dumb guy with a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, if I do like a spooky segment and I'm like, oh man, they did a show on this, I'll watch it and see. My husband will be like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> I'm like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, it's gonna be great. Uh, Man, it's funny because me and my husband are trying to buy a bed and breakfast and it's old. And they've come to my town and did an episode, which I've told you guys about. That's why I like begged you. I'm like, please let me be on your podcast. (laughs) And uh, 
Yeah, so I was like, okay, well, we're going to buy this bed and breakfast, and then he's going to come back, because he said he would, and then we'll be like, hey, come here and check out our ghosts, and he's like, we're not letting that douchebag in our house, and I'm like, no, 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 hear me out, Travel Channel. Like, we can deal with him for, like, two seconds. It's fine. Well, and that's, like, the, a quarter of the guests that they they interview. You could be one of those people that just lingers outside the fences of the <laughs> properties and be like, hey, hey, come talk to me. <laughs> I know. I feel like I would, too, because, like, I'm an actual historian. So I don't know mm-hmm. if he would like me or not because he likes to call himself a historian. He is not. But I don't think he would want to call himself a lot of things. He does. He wears a lot of hats, apparently. He's just literally and figuratively. (laughs) You should apply to be their new historian because they really need one badly. And plus you can like be work on the inside and like report on all the shit that they do. (laughs) Did you actually like get a glimpse of him? No, it was right when I moved here. My mom again called and was like, hey, they're in Seguin watch it and i was like okay and i was like this is weird but yeah <laughs> no i wasn't here when they filmed i don't think okay because they came in i think early december and i didn't move here until the week of christmas so okay. i just missed them dang it they'll have to buy you know have your in and then lure them in <laughs> yes yes that's my plan figure they, out how to get them there be like they, it was it was like a tuberculosis hospital this is your jam man come yeah. hang out in my basement <laughs> you gotta you gotta hit all the hot buttons that that really excite him like yeah there was a crazy woman can here. you can you swing a wild west angle on there <laughs> oh you, i can't there, i can't with, including prostitutes yeah gotta have gotta have that because zach's the dream that he has that he never says out loud but that is so obvious is that he really wants to hook up with a ghost yeah and it's it's so clear in every episode where this is a thing that is said to have happened where a a ghost has visited someone sexually he will put himself out there (laughs) without come get me and if you want good evidence of this, watch the Valentine's oh, Day so special good. from like Ugh, season three or something like that. That is amazing. They Man. came to Colfax, Washington, which is nearby us at one point. We were very tempted to kind of stalk the streets to see if we could find him. Uh, <laughs> we didn't. We did try to get on the show. We didn't. Yeah. But one of our friends did. And she plays the crazy old lady uh, B footage person. With a crooked finger. Yeah. Apparently the rest of the crew, not the boys, but the the rest of the TV crew that apparently exist, they shoot <laughs> a lot of the B footage, like, aside from the lockdown. And apparently they're great and really nice and cool. Nice. She was not allowed to meet the boys, though. Oh. They're yeah. off limits. <laughs> I imagine he has a very large writer, like, when he goes places. Like, I need specific things. People can't look me mm-hmm. in the eye. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember when they were in Colfax, he posted something on Twitter about them being at a gas station, one of like the gas station that exists there. <laughs> or something. <laughs> Apparently, we heard that like the locals were like staring at them weird and and weren't really digging their personas, <laughs> which I found very funny. <laughs> Didn't like their vibe. No. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Well, this is a great segue. Actually, my funny segment is Zach Bagans. Oh, yeah. yeah so let's just jump right into that. We don't even need to roll this time. Okay. <laughs> I found some 
delicious nuggets that I hope you guys have never heard before. Because if you have not, I'm going to make your day. <laughs> I'm so excited. I was going to tweet about it. And I was like, no, I can't. Because then the, it will ruin it. I need good reactions. Oh, it's great. Oh, that's great. So he was born April 5th, 1977 in Washington, D.C. as Zachary Alexander Bagans. And that is Zachary with a C-H. Oh, shit. I know. (laughs) I did some investigative journalism in this segment to make sure, because I did listen to your episode where you're like, it's with a K. It's not Zash. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, but it is. Oh, he's lied to everybody. So bless this world when what I imagine he thinks was an otherworldly event. Uh, They were actually a middle-class family, and I saw that his mother was an interior designer, which I thought was lovely. Her name was Nancy. And then it always says, and her husband. It never says his dad's name. But I guess it doesn't matter because she divorced his ass, and then he has a sister with that dude who's nameless, and then she remarried and has two half-siblings, Skye and Phil. Baby Zach moved around because his parents were divorced. And he was apparently a Florida man for a while, which might explain a lot. Interesting. (laughs) No offense to Florida. Yeah. No offense. (laughs) But you know. I mean, you know, right? (laughs) And then he moved to the suburbs of Glen Ellen, Illinois for his senior year of high school. And psych, I have a bachelor's in psych, so I absolutely have no authority in psychology. But... (laughs) I feel like him moving around and then, like, your senior year is supposed to be your most formative, like, mm-hmm. social, and then to move to a new school and a new state mm-hmm. on your senior year. I'm like, maybe this is explaining a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His uh, need for attention yeah, and uh, fame. And an ability to uh, form, yeah. like, healthy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his mom works at his museum now. Oh, I just remembered this. It's true. So he claims that he was unaware of his, quote, paranormal gifts as a kid, yet he remembers ghostly stuff happening all the time, especially when he moved to the burbs. Quote, even back then, whenever I heard the word ghost, you had my attention. (laughs) (laughs) It's so mysterious. Oh, there's so many quotes in this. I couldn't help myself. (laughs) So he told the Daily Herald that one night he and some friends drove down past the haunted railroad crossing because that's where everybody goes and they had heard about this old farmhouse that disappeared and reappeared and they thought that would be cooler so even then he's like we didn't want to go to the basic haunted thing we want to go to the really cool haunted thing so, so this is a building that materializes and dematerializes yes that- yes okay. yes according to him he said he saw it and then it was gone and when they came back because what i'm assuming is they ran away because they were teenage boys So they came back and it was now glowing red and the door was open and there was a figure inside. He said he ran away because it scared the hell out of him. (laughs) Mm, Okay, so is this that uh, personal experience he references in in early episodes of Ghost Adventures in the the opening credits? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. There's a lot of him just being like, I was so scared. Uh, Mm. See, now even I'm talking in the cadence of him. Oh man. He also said there was a time he went to a girl's house that he just met and then she pulled out. Okay, so I just listened to the episode where you said Ouija board so many different times making fun of him. So now I don't know how to say it. (laughs) That's what I listened to today. So Ouija board. And it started asking personal questions about Zach. And Mm. it says, like true to 
Zach form, he says, quote, that was one of my first experiences where I knew the spirits knew who I was. So mm. instead Wait, of so being like, that's weird. Be like, they know who I am. I am special. They are after me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that girl was, that was just her way of having a date with him. Like, ask, ask, maybe she doesn't like to talk. She likes to use a Ouija board to ask questions. I mean, most teenagers have probably done some dumb shit on a, you know, Ouija board. Yeah. Like, they, I don't know. Maybe she just wasn't good at flirting. Yeah. But this was a formative moment in his childhood, apparently. <laughs> He still gets freaked out, but now he just runs away in front of TV cameras. But that's coming <laughs> <starting> up. <laughs> After graduating high school, he attended Western Michigan University for only eight months. And I did read somewhere that he was trying to study history, but I, I couldn't verify that. But I thought that, that was funny. That he couldn't hack the history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he did later graduate from the Motion Picture Institute of Michigan. But not bef- not before transferring to the University of Las Vegas, I believe, Nevada. See, there- I I found on the Travel Channel he's claiming that he got that, but some other stuff was saying like he moved. Yeah, there's, there's conflicting so, reports. <laughs> I don't think he got a real college degree. I don't think he did either because it's all very conflicting, and we're gonna get into it. I think that he's trying to. <laughs> sculpt his legacy and it's a lot of uh it's a lot of lies <laughs> <laughs> well in the video of him on the wheel of fortune mm, mm-hmm. and he's with his sister and he mm-hmm. says that he's going to the university of nevada i think at oh. that time which i didn't i had no idea about the the other school that you mentioned you said michigan yeah. No, the one before that. Oh. Yeah, he went to a four-year college, but dropped out in eight months. And then, and then, according to the Travel Channel site, he graduated from there. But then some other stuff puts him in Las Vegas before he would have graduated. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. But he says that when he was living in Michigan is when he had that one, you know, earth-shattering experience. Mm-hmm. He says every night at 3 a.m., he was awoken by the sound of a woman calling his name, Zach. That was part of it. He wanted the quote. <laughs> <Zach>. so <lame. laughs> I have something in him. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and on the sixth night, he felt someone on his back, briefly, <laughs> Wait, briefly rendering him unable to move. See, that's a, that's where it started. The whole sexual thing, but like she was spooning me. Maybe he's just wanting that to- was sleep paralysis, Zach. <laughs> When he got up, he saw a figure shoot across the bed, so he ran outside to the parking lot. Zach would leave the apartment at a later date, but he would come back later to find the maintenance man there, renovating that apartment room. The man explains to him that the haunting began right after a lady in the penthouse across the road had completed suicide in a bathtub around 3 a.m. So it's not even his apartment. It was the one across the street. This is a repeating pattern. Yeah, they always they love to do this shit where they'll go to a place where supposedly there was a ghost of someone who died somewhere the fuck else. <laughs> uh, and they spend a lot of time like trying to build a tenuous connection between the location of death and this place that they're in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says after this unusual encounter, he became increasingly interested in the paranormal and started working on a documentary. Mm. We've watched mm. that documentary. It's just called Ghost Adventures. Back when Zach was smaller. (laughs) Little baby Zach. (laughs) Yeah. 
And then according to this thing, it says after film school, he moved to Las Vegas. But like we said, he's kind of, it's a little little fuzzy on the details. But this part cracked me up. He actually met and befriended Ghost Adventures co-creator Nick Groff in Las Vegas in 2004 because he hired him as a DJ for his wedding. That's right. Your boy was a Vegas voltage DJ. (laughs) Like the wedding singer. If someone has the footage... I've got to see somebody that. has wedding. Someone footage. took video. Nick probably has it. Nick and Zach are beefing. Maybe he'll release this. <laughs> uh, and this leads me to my next nugget that I just discovered. He has a album titled yep. Zach Bagans versus Praga Khan. And it's a mixture of electronic and dubstep with voices of EVPs. He has captured. It's also called Necrofusion. We've listened well, to a few tracks. He on has. It. Uh, uh. He has a few things, okay. including yeah. I didn't know that existed. That gave me so much joy. Some of those uh. songs feature clips from the TV show, not just things that he's recorded, but like sound. But wouldn't clips that be funny if he did record those pieces in a studio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> think, what can I use that I've experienced? <laughs> I thousand percent believe he did that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then just more weird facts about Vegas. He built a dungeon in his former house. So, so extra. And then also the fact that he was in Wheel of Fortune with his sister in 1998. Is did they win? I, I did not see that they won. So I'm okay. assuming they lost brilliantly. Okay. In 2004, Zach finished his work on his docudrama <laughs> titled Ghost Adventures. The documentary started airing on site. <laughs> There's another podcast called Sci-Fi Siffy. I almost called it Siffy. Siffy. Uh, in July 2007. And he got a huge following. I can't tell if it's because people just think he's cute. Or they think he's ridiculous. Or people genuinely like him. Can't, can't decide. Three. Everybody I know makes fun of him. But they still love him. You should check out Tumblr. <laughs> yeah, there's a big I'm there's afraid. A, <laughs> there's a very large earnest Zach Bagans fandom. Wow. I... Oh, Tumblr can get weird really yeah. fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, man. But I did notice it received the grand jury prize at the New York International Independent Film and Video Festival. So, well, well it must have been a bad year. <laughs> <laughs> and then the series is picked up by the tra- Travel Channel, and it's one of the longest running series of its kind on American television. According to the format of the show, Zach and his associates visit haunted places during the nights and collect evidences, or lack thereof. The IMDb quote, which 1,000% he wrote. It says it's by anonymous, but 1,000% he wrote this. A graduate of the Motion Picture Institute of Michigan, Vegans moved to Las Vegas to become a documentary filmmaker and explorer of the paranormal. Stated as an empath to spirits, Vegans has created the number one rated series on the Travel Channel, Ghost Adventures, as well as numerous other TV shows and films. IMDb, anonymous. That's his cadence, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, 1,000% he wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the whole argument, aren't there a lot of ghost shows? Well, let, let me give you his words on why he's different. Quote, there are other shows that are communicate or that communicate with the dead. They are pure entertainment, but we're diehard, passionate investigators that eat, sleep, and breathe paranormal and work with the best in the field. 
This is more than a TV show. This is more than what people perceive as entertainment. This is pure research that we do. Okay. Okay, dude. (laughs) And now for the thing I have been waiting all day to tell you. (laughs) So excited. Okay, so the Daily Herald did a little interview piece with him in 2017. And they're talking about him and they're saying one time somebody called him the Dr. Phil of the paranormal because he helps people (laughs) understand and deal with spirits. And I was like, okay, who the fuck called him that? So I dug into the internet and the first time it's mentioned is in August 15th of 2015. There's a tweet by at GAC Trippin 1970 that says, quote, I love how Zach Bagans pushes past the emotions to say what needs to be said, whether it's liked or not. Hashtag GA aftershocks, end quote. To which Bagans replies, I am the Dr. Phil of the paranormal. Oh, my God. <laughs> he said it. He told the interviewer, like, hey, this one guy called me that one time. He did it. He made it up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not surprised at all. I'm not surprised at all. But I was just dead. Oh, so wow. much joy. This man brings me so much joy. Yeah. But I'm like, which is funny I, because he never actually fucking helps. He does talk not. About this all the time. Then he, again, does Doctor Phil help? No, he does. No, he does not. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> so maybe it is an accurate statement. I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that just cracked me up. I'm like, I bet he thought he was so witty. <laughs> like, I got this. And uh, you mentioned this. He's also served as the host and executive producer of Ghost Adventures Aftershocks, Netherworld, Deadly Possessions, as well as an executive producer for Travel Channel's Paranormal Paparazzi and Paranormal Challenge. Yep. In 2004, Bagans founded the world's largest paranormal organization, the Ghost Adventures Crew, which consists of over 10,000 members. That's a lot of people. Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, this is a this is a national thing. Uh, apparently, international. Oh, okay, wow. interesting. Again, a Maybe. lot of this came from his stuff. I can't tell what's real and not. <laughs> he does deserve our respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's a uh, he's got something. He's busy. And I'll give him that. He probably yeah. wears Axe body spray. Oh, one thousand percent. You can just smell him when you see him on TV. You just yeah. know. <laughs> oh God! He puts a little too much on every day, all the time. Oh man! And then you also mentioned the deadly possessions, where he talks about his museum. And we actually, oh, I just said my, I'm professional. Uh, we actually talked about the museum on our museum episode. I have a lot of mixed feelings. I don't feel like he should be able to call himself a museum when he just makes money off of, yeah. you know, glamorizing the dead. And it's Especially very when he started collecting shit that has nothing to do with ghosts, like all of the serial killer yeah. exhibits he's, he has. He's basically a Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get wanting to preserve history, but I don't think he's really trying to preserve anything. He's trying to. Uh, what's the word I'm thinking about? Words are hard. Uh, 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 what's that word? I can't think of it either, but I know you think. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like glamorizing, but like sensationalizing. Yes, kind of. sensationalizing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What it seems like. Well, um, uh, I don't know if you. There was one earlier episode that we did early, early on, where they visit a former or a plantation in 
a southern state i don't remember I, we can't remember most of the shows that we do because <laughs> there's just so many of them and all the uh, episodes you know have the same types of crap in them but this one it was it was technically part of it was a state park and they ended up going into what were once slave quarters which was basically a shed mm-hmm. and they there were these um what is the thing called where you put your head and hands through and you're on public display and you're stuck there? That's oh, called the, the gallows. Is it? I thought that was the where you get Oh, it's stocks. Stocks. Right yeah, they were like stocks for your ankles and they were like the original things that enslaved oh. people had to be basically trapped in. And these guys put their ankles in them. <sighs> yeah, there's, there's just... There's there's a way to there's a way of teaching history without making like a mockery of it. Like, yeah, or destroying historical yeah. like without centering yourself, the person who is yeah. exploiting this. The thing is that like the the blunder that these guys do is that they really cannot. They are so bad at understanding other people's perspectives, mm-hmm. and yeah. they center themselves in the historical context as opposed to talking about it from the lens of like of the perspective of the person who was here mm-hmm. at this time. Mm-hmm. And so they'd make it all about their experience and how haunted it is mm-hmm. and not about the, the actual historical events that took place here. And I mean, part of that is probably because it's a ghost show about ghosts mm-hmm. and like the whole idea of ghost hunting is, is itself. I mean, to be real, the the idea of ghost hunting is very colonial exercise mm-hmm. because it sort of presupposes that like all of this history that happened here only really means something because of the fact that like we are here now experiencing that it is haunted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We've struggled with that a little bit. Uh, yeah. Well, he is a little problematic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he approaches every piece of history almost like he's doing a live action role play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially when he does like oh the Gettysburg episode oh where he <laughs> forces uh, reenactors to reenact a, a battle scene with him, and then after they're done pretending to be dead, he's like, "No, I know what it was like." Oh my god! <laughs> sure, you're here, dude. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't. Yeah. You don't, yeah. Zach. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's. That's the difference between people that call themselves historians and the people that actually go to school for it. <laughs> like, no yeah. people do that. Oh, yeah. cracks me up. In 2018, he released his documentary film titled Demon House, which I have not seen. It's it- great. <laughs> I was going to ask you, is it as wonderful as the TV uh, show? He got so uh, haunted that he has an astigmatism now. Oh, really? <laughs> he wow. He has to wear glasses. You know those big, thick gas glasses that he wears now? It's because <laughs> of the Demon House movie. Yeah. Okay, now I gotta watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really the, cringy. The, it's awful. The thing about it is that, like, there is also, like, so the, the people that live in this house have this whole history of things that have gone wrong with them in their lives and, mm-hmm. like, things that they've seen. And research that we did into the location of this actually uncovered some like real life things that could be happening in this place. There is a much higher than average. uh, So it takes place in Gary, Indiana. Gary is right on 
I want to say Lake Michigan. It's one of the Great Lakes, and I feel mm-hmm. terrible for not knowing. It borders Chicago. It borders Chicago. There is a thriving industrial manufacturing industry in Gary. And the water on that lake is a dumping site for a lot of these industrial manufacturing places. Mm-hmm. And for the past few years, they've been well above OSHA regulations in terms of how much contaminant is getting into that water. So literally all of the things that these people are talking about happening to them could be the result of contamination in their water supply. And of course, this is not something they go into at all in the, in the film because they want it to all be ghosts and not like, you know, people throwing their garbage in a, in a place that people have to drink from. Wasn't Chicago, wasn't, wasn't it the, um, there was a river in Chicago that people just used to dump all their poop into and then it would drain into the lake the great lake and then they reversed the river flow i'm pretty sure this was the chicago area well that's history but yeah yeah they they actually reversed a river wow because it was something about the pollution of poop pollution (laughs) yeah Uh and now every saint patrick's day they dye the river green Oh yikes! Yeah, yeah. Pretty much all waterways in the U.S. have just—it's a travesty. Mm-hmm. So bad. Well, I mean, in Europe too. That's what—that's what happens with thousands of years. People putting their poop in rivers. Yep. <laughs> it be toxic. Hashtag leave no trace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was a video by I think it was Yosemite National Park recently on their Instagram, and they teach you how to poop uh, in a, a good way outdoors. And you have to walk, I think it's, I think the leave no trace is like walk 60 feet from uh, any body of water and then dig your little hole. Oh, okay. And then walk your toilet paper in and out, but in a little baggie. <laughs> yeah. And then cover your poop. And then I learned this from a class I took in college. You put a stick in it standing upright so that people don't step in your little poop <laughs> hole. So they know not to step on the stick. So then they don't step on the poop. That's brilliant. The more you know. The more you know. (laughs) Oh, and you bring a little trowel with you, a little shovel thing. You you make your hole about six feet deep. Or not six feet. (laughs) I was about to say, oh my God. That's for dead bodies. Jesus. What what are we doing again? Standing on the edge of it? Are we we hiding a body? (laughs) Six inches deep. Oh. Is it is it six feet deep where you bury bodies? Yeah. Yeah, six yeah. feet under. <laughs> Talking about the wrong kind of shit. Yeah. This took before a turn. Body, the shit that comes out of your body before your body turns into shit. <laughs> Just have you guys seen Swiss Army Man the movie? No, I have not. Oh, not so all funny. of it. Super good. It's an incredible film. But it they talk about that. Yeah. How, you know, oh, okay. you do shit, and then someday you'll die, and your and, body will turn into shit, and then one day, and then all of her shit will just mush together. Everybody's shit gets mixed up together. <laughs> anyway, it's good. That's poetic. <laughs> and because we're librarians, apart from being a television personality, Zach has penned two books with Kelly Krieger. Krieger? I'm sorry. Um, mm. One is I Am Haunted Living oh. Through the Dead. In 2015, and then Dark World Into the Shadows with the lead investigator of Ghost Adventures crew. It's a mouthful in 2011, which debuted actually on the New York Times bestseller list at number 18. 
So mm-hmm. I just think it's really, really, really funny that Zach Bagans has published two books with the use of a ghost writer. <laughs> that is hilarious to me. Yes. And then he did his ghost hunting for dummies in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Very controversial publication, Ghost Hunting. Yes, yes. So the book, quote, outlines the history of ghost hunting, including true accounts and stories from Bagan's famous cases and investigation, and explains how anyone can get started investigating the supernatural. And the controversy controversy is that some of the text appears to be plagiarized. Yep. That's, That's one of the one things I can't. I had wonderful professors in school that terrified me to the point where like if i typed the sky is blue i'm trying to cite it <laughs> like, i'm so scared yeah. of plagiarism <laughs> that i like i can't imagine why anybody uh, anyway so they say they plagiarize works including those of bill reap troy taylor steve higgins and joe nickel troy taylor has stated that bagans and he worked together on researching material for the book. But Taylor also says that he did not have permission to use his original materials in the book and that he had received a substantial pay- payment from Bagans in a settlement. So he wow. sued. Wow. But and I mean, settled, which is him admitting that I did plagiarize from yes. you, but please stop talking about it. <laughs> yes. If you settle, you're just wanting people not to ruin everything. But one thing I will give him is that in chapter 15, he covers several ways you can research history at the location by searching through old newspapers, maps, vintage photographs, building permits, and more. So he actually kind of nails the historical research thing for dummies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I will give him that because <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize you can go to a library and like a plate building permit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which he does sometimes in the yeah. show. <laughs> There's this episode where he's like talking to some librarians and they are so (laughs) fucking tired of him. It's really great. Oh, I can imagine. (laughs) I did hear that this book, uh, he wants, he's kind of trying to say that scientists are wrong if they don't believe in ghosts. Yeah. Or that he's something about how he knows how to do the science. Oh, that's what I heard. I haven't bought it and I haven't read it. So, but yeah. Man, I haven't either. We have a Patreon incentive right now. If we get to 35, we're going to send somebody this book. And now I'm like, do we want to? (laughs) 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 Like we had like this ghost hunter kit and it was going to be like our shirt. Because we have one thing like, this is my ghost hunting shirt. That's the shirt. And then we're going to send this book and something else. And now I'm like, do we really want to send this book now? (laughs) (laughs) It could be a joke, guys. Yeah, it's a joke. Uh, don't I don't know. Someone's probably going to take it seriously and think that they're our, our least favorite person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're being punished. <laughs> That's why we're giving you this. <laughs> you should have given us more money. <laughs> uh, and then I think, besides the plagiarism, the worst thing that he possibly could have done is that he says that the idea for the movie Ghostbusters was Harold Ramis and that he wrote it. But Dan Aykroyd actually wrote the original mm, script. Yeah. Oh. So like, don't mess with my Ghostbusters, man. Like, yeah. that's sacred. Yeah. Especially, he, didn't he buy, like, a, something something Ghostbusters related for his stupid museum? I think it was the, the ghost trap, wasn't it? Yeah, he yeah. owns one of those, yeah, okay. one of those yeah. props. You should get it fucking right. And then another just a redeeming quality is that he does spend time with the animal cruelty prevention in Nevada. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. He's a lover um, of animals, and that's yeah. nice. 
And I love this quote. He says, we humans absorb a lot of negativity in this world, but dogs are pure joy. And I've never agreed with him more. Yeah. That's and, one redeeming quality. Yeah, right. That may He's a really cute dog. He Her does. name is Gracie. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I was wonderful. looking at pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so then just a few more things. I saw that his net worth is 30 million. Fuck. That's a lot wow. of money. That makes me really angry. <laughs> 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 He's bogus and he makes this money. That's a lot of money too. Uh, for we could do what he does: come in, fuck yeah. shit up, pretend to see a shadow, and leave. That's uh-huh. it. That's all he does. In 2019, dating rumors began swirling between him and former Playboy Bunny reality star and writer Holly Madison. Which I was trying to like <laughs> look on Twitter to see if they're still together, and Twitter hates her. Oh, like really? it is so bad. Everybody's like. They're saying really terrible things about her, but it was all these like fangirls. They're like, you need to be with somebody like me. You need to dump that. Oh, like, shut up. Word. I don't want to call another woman. But I was like, what is wrong with people? Yeah. I don't know. I used to watch that show she was on. It was funny. <laughs> people need to stop hating on women. Like, I know. Especially just calling because... them whores on Twitter just because yeah, they're no. women. Like, yeah. Bullshit. Anyway, she's super weird. I follow her on TikTok and I'm like, they're both super weird. I think they're perfect for each other. <laughs> Well, good. And she collects weird shit too. So I was like, they are perfect together. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know why people are raging. I think it's cute. So then I want to end this segment with just a few of out of context quotes. Okay. <laughs> First one I discovered that what most people call creepy, scary, and spooky, I call comfy, cozy, and home. Okay. I don't hunt ghosts, I communicate with them. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> sure. A lot of these, I feel like he's trying to be really deep. So this one, as a kid, I used to fear that my life would be wasted. I would agonize how I was going to live this finite life. We only have so much time after all. And I didn't want my only experiences with different cultures to be on TV or in the pages of National Geographic. I wanted to visit the Kansas Plains, the Virginia Powder. I just love the first thing. He's like, I want to travel the world. I want to go to Kansas. (laughs) 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 I want to go to the Virginia battlefields and the California coast. I wanted to see the world instead of being stuck in just one part of it. I wanted to feel the energies of new places and different people and i wanted to experience the glories of history okay yeah all right bud (laughs) the glories of history (laughs) huh oh he's got a lot of history quotes (laughs) next one we come here and communicate with the history the history is not dead the history is still alive in another form okay it's like a kid that didn't study for a book report and just repeats the same word over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. For me, Halloween is year round, but my Halloween is real Halloween dealing with real dead. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a terrible thing to say. The grammar is also fantastic. It oh, is- yeah. Oh. He's the king of run on sentences. Really? They just go on and on and on and on. <laughs> It's so funny. Like he'll, uh, he, we'll be sitting there, like, like holding our breath, waiting for him to put a fucking period at the end of the sentence. <laughs> this one I thought's funny. I collect a lot of cursed objects. That's probably why I have a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> that um, should be on his gravestone. It should be. And I'm assuming this is about his dog Gracie. It says, "I don't need a huge pit bull to tell me I'm tough." 
He's probably like a, intimidated by other guys with pit bulls or something. Probably. She's kind you know, of fluffy, his, like a little. Oh, she's like a little great. Fluster. She's yeah. a great dog. <laughs> oh, this one I thought was funny. Lighting is everything. It creates mood and it has an emotional effect on you. And? <laughs> probably, okay. That was it. Yeah, very That's original it. thought okay. by Zach Bacon. Yeah. Probably like his selfies. <laughs> Lighting is everything. <laughs> oh man. Okay. I taunt and provoke, but you have to understand that I do that for a reason. I want to elicit a response. Remember oh. that my mission is to capture on film and digital recording devices evidence of the paranormal. Many times I can't do that being nice. So. Then he needs to stop saying that he's there to help. Yeah. A, yeah, a, yeah. a haunting problem. It's true. He's not very nice. No. Oh, this one's fun. I do have a little danger in me, a little thrill-seeking part. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, when you ghost hunt, you kind of time travel. You get that residue of the past. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds unsanitary. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, this one's just several. Aaron says, dude, one thing the guy said is that you don't taunt voodoo. Sack, am I taunting? Aaron, dude, you're taunting the crap out of it. Zach, I'm sorry. I'm not taunting you. I'm just talking, talking very loudly. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Uh, he also said, my adventures are a constant struggle between fear and courage. Oh, oh come on. Fun. Bro. <laughs> Seriously? They don't even fucking lock you in anymore, man. Uh. This one's just random. Make those important in your life smile today. That smile is the most important thing you did today. Not really. No. It's like those weird uh, posters that were in schools. You know, the motivational with the hang in there with the kitty. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. Those trying really are. Those still exist. (laughs) I wonder if he tells women to smile. Oh, I hope not. Probably. Probably all the ghost women are like, fuck off. I'm not going to have sex with you. (laughs) And this is the last motivational speaker one I found. Life is all about finding yourself through experiences and about learning more and more about who you are and what you're capable of. If you're getting older and not succeeding at anything or doing anything to make a positive impact on people, then you're not living. You're just Mm. waiting for death. Get out there and make an impact on people, whether it's by helping them directly or by research to make their lives better or just inspire them. Do something good to be remembered for. This is the, <laughs> this is more important than money. That part made me laugh. I'm like, mm. you're a millionaire, though. So yeah, you're 30 million dollars, dude. I'm not buying it. <laughs> also, I think that they should uh, start sending out like customer service surveys after they <laughs> visit a home. Just to see, you know, how oh. their customer service ex- experience was with the Ghost Ventures crew. Because I don't think they'd get good reviews. I don't think so either. I don't think so. They're always leaving. The people are like, but but you just made it worse. And then mm-hmm. they have to sleep there. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I pissed off that demon. Good luck. <laughs> Bye. That was awesome. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Danger is my middle name. Oh, it's funny. Especially when it's like kids in the house and, you know, the ghosts are bothering the kids and A, they don't even address what could actually be happening in the household. But B, if it is ghosts, they're just like, sorry, kids. (laughs) Not even apologizing, but just making it terrible. Yeah. A terrible environment. Aren't you glad we helped? (laughs) 
I got some amazing badass evidence. Let's go talk to Bill Chapel. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I didn't even mention that guy. Woo. Oh yeah. He's special. <laughs> Natalie's never watched the show, so I'm sure she's just like, what the fuck's happening? Oh, Natalie. <laughs> I feel like I've already watched it just by how much Kina has talked about it though. Okay. Oh, it's wild. It is fun and, to watch. And the I more like I hear it. about it, the more I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I feel like I'd slowly get dumber, entertained but dumber watching it. Yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. Oh, so what did you do? Let's bring us back from the Zach Bagans dumpster fire. <laughs> There's more to TV than Zach Bagans. Yeah. I'm sure he doesn't think so. Do you think he watches his own stuff? Like, that's all he watches? Oh, probably. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. well, they have that show where they do watch their, yeah. <laughs> their yeah. show. They have a show where they watch their show. Whoa. Whoa, it's oh. meta. Very meta. <laughs> like, I have no words for that. <laughs> hey, guys, we want to tell you about our newest sponsor, Modern Fertility. I am super pumped about it. I'm going to spit some facts, Natalie. So what will you learn? One, if you have more or less eggs than average. Two, what you could expect from IVF or egg freezing. Three, how your hormone levels relate to PCOS, which one in 10 women have. Four, your general hormone health, which is a window into your broader health. You'll have a personal fertility team to help you understand your results and come up with a game plan. You get access to a team of fertility nurses, a weekly webinar, and their online community of a like-minded women. All test results are conducted in a CLIA certified lab and Modern Fertility's team of physicians and clinical advisors lead some of the nation's top fertility clinics. Shipping is free, hello, on all orders. And we only ship in the U.S. So this is the first comprehensive fertility hormone test for women ever. And you can take it at home. You get a choice. You can go to the lab if you want to. But I chose that at home. And like I said, one in six couples have trouble conceiving. And we just have so many tools to prevent pregnancy. But this is really the first tool to help have pregnancy. I'm 35. So I'm at that age where like if I want to have kids, this is when I need to really figure it out. And even with Natalie... I know you don't want kids, but, you know, you still want to know what your hormone health is like. Exactly. So, or, you know, something's down the road. You just, like, freezing my eggs just in case or something yeah. like that. Hormones be wild, and y'all. It can make your hair all, like, fall out. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else it does. Like, It's like everything. Like, your skin health. Everything. Proactive fertility hormone tests aren't covered by insurance most of the time, and it can cost upwards of $1,500. Yikes. And... The best part is this test is $159, and if you use your code, you get $10 off. And it's so easy. It's at home. It's complete hormone panels. All you do is do the test, send it back to them, and you receive your results in under 10 days. So I sent mine in yesterday, and I am anxiously awaiting mine. And this That's test cool. gives you access to information you need to help plan ahead or navigate the world of fertility. And they also accept your FSA and HSA accounts. Those are hard to say. Bless you, but helpful. <laughs> okay. So any woman in their 20s or 30s can benefit from this test. If you want to have kids in the next five years, if you're trying to get pregnant now, if you're considering freezing your eggs or IVF, if you're a mom considering another pregnancy or child, if you suspect your hormones are imbalanced, 
if you switched or went off birth control and you experienced hormonal symptoms, if you suspect you have PCOS, if you're approaching menopause, yes, you can test if you're on birth control. All right. If you guys want to use our code, it's modernfertility.com forward slash historical AF. Again, that is modernfertility.com slash historical AF. One more time. That's modernfertility.com slash historical AF for $10 off. So what would you like? Would you like morbid, weird, or random? Um, Let's do morbid. Sure. We're doing yeah. funny. Let's just rip the band off. To- okay. <laughs> so with TV, I, I basically, I didn't want to go like super depressing. So... <laughs> I, I went with actors that have passed away on set. Oh, oh yeah. Akina instantly likes that face. I know. <laughs> like, if there's like, that means there's a lot of them. If you have a list, <laughs> I I do, but you know, I, I just keep it keep it simple. And I found this article. It's on Ranker, and there's so many articles. And yeah, there's there's a lot of actors that have passed away. But here's a handful of them. And one of them is Godfrey Gao. He, while competing on the Chinese reality TV show, Taste Me, oh Taiwanese-Canadian model and actor Godfrey Gao collapsed on November 27, 2019. So this one's super recent. He oh, was rushed wow. to the hospital where he died about three hours later. Oh, cool. We would know him probably more from the Immortal Instruments, The City of Bones. Oh, he was yeah. in that show. The next actor is Don Rickles. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't know he died on a set. Well, not really on the set, but it was in the middle of production. Oh, and, okay. Gotcha. Um, so I'm thinking Rickles, way more dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're keeping it. The news is depressing enough, so we're keeping okay. this okay. mild. Like, as best as death can be. <laughs> yeah. When Don Rickles passed away at age 90 in 2017, he had yet to record his parts for the 2019 Toy Story 4. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Pixar and Toy Story 4 director Josh Cooley couldn't imagine anyone else as Mr. Potato Head. So the Pixar editorial team went through over two decades worth of recordings from Don Rickles, including outtakes, shorts, theme park messages, toys, and other related kind of projects. And logged every word, every oh. cough, every hum, so that they could be able to put together what they oh. needed for the fourth film in the franchise. Wow. Okay, that's creepy in my opinion. I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't either, because I'm like, I didn't know he passed away, because when I, I'm like, it was the same Mr. Potato Head. But that's because they went through all of his past recordings. Wow. wow. I didn't know he had, like, had recorded his stuff. Because, I, I mean, it takes years to do an animated film, so... But yeah, no, didn't get to it yet. Like from the old school comics too, where he's probably got lots of like stand up on records. They probably use just anything with his voice, right? Pretty much. I mean, they they went through all of it. My concern would be quality because not everything is going to be the same quality as as like yeah, as their own stuff or as something else. Because when they said even toys, I'm like, ooh, what can they get from that? What? Wow. (laughs) So I don't know. But maybe the toy company has a, a good recording, and then when we hear it in the toy on a 10-cent speaker, you know, it's probably different mm-hmm. quality oh, yeah. than I would think. <laughs> yeah. Next one, it makes me sad, is Heath Ledger. 
yeah. To me, that's yeah. still too soon, <laughs> even though yeah. it was 2008. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that one got me. So, yeah, Heath Ledger was found dead in his Manhattan apartment from a drug overdose. He was all up, of course, in the dark night and in the middle of production of the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus mm, when he yeah. passed away. Yeah. But luckily, they, you know, they brought in Johnny Depp, Jude Law, and Colin Farrell to play his part. And so it was, became a very dreamlike movie. Mm. That was one that where he passed away during the. That's actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, Dr. Parnassus. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. a pretty good movie. It's Terry Gilliam, I believe. Am I correct in that? Yes. Um, uh, he's the same who did all the animations for Monty Python's Flying Circus. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Fairly well-known well, uh, well film director as well, kind of known for doing stuff that's really trippy and dreamy and weird. Cool. cool. I love Monty Python, so I'm all about that. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. Hollywood's most famous blonde bombshell was in the middle of filming the comedy Something's Got to Give. Oh, which I feel like is actually one of her... Like, I recognize the title and everything, and they've done a remake of it and everything. Yeah. But um, when she was found dead at her Brentwood, California home, August 5th, 1962, um, it was, of course, reported as an overdose. And we all know those. Maybe suicide or not, but, yeah, she died right in the middle of making that film. Wow. And luckily, they had just enough footage to finish it. Oh, wow. Do you know she was married to a very famous playwright? Really? Arthur Miller? Yes, Arthur Miller. I studied theater in high school and for a little bit in college. And they, uh, I think I probably had to read The Crucible like three or four times while I was in school. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Sorry. that day. It's okay. It's not. A, it's actually pretty good. I mean, it's a good play. It's just yeah. like, it's one of those things. It's like our town where like, if you're in theater, you're going to have to do this shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I took theater too. I was involved in the orchestra for my local theater. I was in the musical every spring and that's nice some nerdiness for you uh (laughs) of a past life so paul walker so a cool one he died during the fast and the furious Mm -hmm. i was kind of sad they uh, they did a paul walker tribute in one of the recent episodes of ghost adventures we watched yeah that's right it was really out of place but extremely (laughs) but rest (laughs) in peace nonetheless yeah Yeah, that was a bad one river phoenix oh Oh, yeah. yeah Before he could finish filming Dark Blood, River Phoenix died of a drug overdose. A lot of drug overdoses, I've noticed. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, oh that one's a, yeah. a tragedy. He's found in a Manhattan hotel with heroin overdose, overdose during the Hunger Games, The Mockingjay. Uh, Natalie Wood. Oh, yeah. At the time of her mysterious death, Natalie Wood was in the middle of production of the movie Brainstorm. She drowned on November 29th. 1981, off the coast of California's Catalina Island during a weekend boat trip with her husband, Robert Wagner. Oh, was this where the fuck? What's his name? <laughs> the, you know, he. I'm he Googling Christopher, Christopher Walken. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. I was like, who was with them? I knew it was so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Her co star, Christopher Walken, and the boat's captain was Dennis Deverne. Yeah. And there's like speculation that it might have been a murder. Yeah. 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 That one's that one's still up in the air. But I'm happy that it's not an overdose, I guess. I don't know which is worse. (laughs) Murder or overdose. Yeah, that's that's uh it's all tragic. Yeah. Brandon Lee. When I think about deaths on set, I think of Brandon Lee a lot. Yeah, same. So he was son of Bruce Lee and was killed in a stunt accident 
off the set of The Crow, which I love that movie. I know it's probably not like a super amazing movie, but for some reason, I just love it. So cool. It came out. Do what? It's a cool classic. classic. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. Like I've never seen anything else like it. I don't. Think or at least for its I've, time. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Have you Me seen neither. it? Max? No. We should watch it sometime. Speaking yeah. of Brandon Lee and Zach Biggins, uh, you know Zach's weird obsession with death, and um, mm. he apparently. So this is a tweet from the twentieth of January, twenty twenty. <laughs> A new item alert. Brandon Lee's black screen worn trench coat from The Crow. The jacket does have tears, holes, stains, but it is not known if this jacket, if if this is the jacket he was wearing when the fatal shooting accident occurred on set while filming. Oh, man. So it may or may not have been on his dead body, and Zach Biggins has it. Anyway. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ray, you just love... Our uh, morbid segment, like you just got all kinds of feels. <laughs> yeah, they. We'll bring you back up. We promise. Don't leave it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> I think what's sad is also about Brandon Lee's accident. One is just stupid that there was um, a fragment of real bullet in the gun, and he yeah. he was shot in the in the stomach. But he was only twenty eight too. Like he was so young. Yeah. His his father was still alive. Mm-hmm. Hello. Uh, that's like one of the great tragedies, of course, is outliving your own children. Yeah. Um, uh, Bruce Lee actually made a an auto biopic. I think he was also like there was a lot of stuff going on in Bruce. Not to reduce it, Brandon Lee's death to to how it affected his father, but like mm-hmm. his father was also going through some really heavy stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. On top of the fact that Brandon died, mm-hmm. like I think he was recovering from a, a back injury that put him. That he wasn't able to walk for quite a bit of for quite a while. Oh, yeah. That happened. This next guy, I actually did not know he had died, and it's Corey Monteith from Glee. Oh, yeah, I remember. Ben that. from Glee. Oh, yeah. He was found dead in Vancouver, Canada hotel during a hiatus uh, between like the show's fourth and fifth seasons. And and of course he died of drugs. He had heroin and alcohol in his system. Um, but it ruled out any foul play. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember I liked Glee just because the music part. But yeah, the episode where they they had him die the same way, I guess, and, like the memorial because he was engaged to his co-star. It was really sad. Mm. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really rough to watch because they were all really grieving. I think that was really difficult to watch because you know that all the tears are real and they're all yeah. really really emotional it was really sad yeah do one more the list can go on and on and it makes it just like sadder so <laughs> the last one which is one of my favorites is john candy oh, oh. yes <laughs> sorry i love the reaction um yeah. john candy suffered a massive heart attack and died in a sleep on March 4th, 1994, just hours after he finished his final scene in the comedy Wagons East. Hmm. Aww. <sighs> he was a part of many uh, family-friendly movies that I watched <laughs> as a child. Yeah. <laughs> I know. They actually wanted him to be in Ghostbusters, but he didn't get it. And he was just like, I don't, I don't get the script, so they passed on him. But oh, <laughs> can you imagine if he was in that? Oh. 
That would have been really funny. What, oh, yeah. what role were they considering him for? They didn't say. I can Google. But yeah, I hope. I mean. Just one of the busters? Yeah, it didn't say. Uh, oh. Oh, Lewis. Lewis. Okay. Oh, uh, what's his name? Oh, shit. shit, shit, shit. The, the Rick Moranis. Yeah, Rick Moranis. Okay, I can't. I can't imagine anybody. Oh, for him! Oh, he would have made a great. Yeah, that would have been a perfect role for him. Oh yeah, it says he didn't take it because he apparently didn't get it. Quote: He didn't like the treatment that I had sent. He didn't get it. He said, "Well, maybe if I played him as a German guy who had a bunch of German shepherd dogs." And I said, "Well, maybe he can do it with an accent." He said, "I don't think that's necessary." I forgot that part. Okay, I think it's funny. Like, a lot of Rick Moranis's parts were improvised. Yeah, really? with it. yeah, and uh, I th- Eddie Murphy was supposed to be one of the Ghostbusters because, really? like, Dan Aykroyd, Bill, Eddie, and then one other SNL person were supposed to be it, but Eddie backed out. He was looking to other films, and it took it like I think until like the day before they didn't know if Bill Murray was for sure sure gonna be a part of it okay i could totally see that all right so (laughs) my last segment today is spooky i decided to do haunted tv sets cool okay okay okay. Okay. haunted sets are you you gonna talk about ghost whisper okay now for a i know you're talking about like the set where they film the show but for a second i was like like a haunted television as an item like this (laughs) i interpreted it both ways so all right uh so there's a lot of legends within the film industry and for the movie was it movie episode no curse episode i did a lot of haunted cursed movies so now we're going to do some cursed haunted TV shows. Actors are extremely cool. superstitious people. So that yes. doesn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I we talked about the Exorcist movie on the curse episode because it's pretty wildly famous. But I didn't know there was an Exorcist TV show. What? It was aired in 2016. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What a network did this? Uh, oh, I did not write that down. I'll get back to you. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, some yeah. actors shared some strange onset occurrences while filming. Hannah Kasolka, whose character Casey Rance was possessed in the show, recounted, quote, when we were shooting the pilot, occasionally we'd be in the elevator and it would take us to the 13th floor, even oh. though nobody pressed it, and it would just stop there. And they were like, no thanks and then gina fucking davis was in this series yeah i was just i literally just pulled it up on google and i was like oh shit gina davis and that that other guy yeah and i i don't remember anything coming out about this as it would be like my jam i don't understand it looks like it has good reviews yeah yeah So Gina Davis said in a report that a priest came to bless the set and she says if he hadn't come, nobody knows what would have happened because stuff was getting really scary. And that was the end of the ghost reports for that show. (laughs) Okay. But like the Exorcist movie, there was like set fires and like weird ghost things. But again, if you're like immersed in a possession world, your mind's probably going to play tricks on you. Oh yeah, of for course. Sure. Yeah, you're you're like primed to really see that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then next is probably one of the most famous Ghost Whisperer. I yeah. actually <laughs> really like that show. 
That has Sarah Michelle Geller, right? Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Crap. Another three name lady. For some reason, I always get them confused, and I have no idea why. It's the three names. It's the three oh, names. Yeah, that's probably. Well, also they're both tiny women. Yeah. And <laughs> what am I? Okay, so I looked up Ghost Whisperer, and it's showing me puffy outdoor winter coats for men. <laughs> what the fuck? Why? Oh, that's amazing. Grand Mountain Hardware Ghost Whisperer. <laughs> So what's funny is the Ghost Whisperer is more of like a tearjerker melodrama, and it wasn't really a horror about the ghosts. Mm-hmm. And even Jennifer Love Hewitt's character, Melinda Gordon, dealt with the spirits pretty like as just like a passing thing. Like It was so normal to her. Like she just saw ghosts. It wasn't really a haunting situation. Mm-hmm. However, Hewitt said in 2007 that incidents happened on set all the time. Mm-hmm. Quote, they were energies in and around places. We were filming in a certain part of the lot and there was this building I was walking out of to start a scene. And there were seven of us that went in and started having strange experiences. As he was walking onto the set to start the scene, she felt something tug at the bottom of her dress. Mm-mm. That's a weird place to tug. Why are you on the floor? Like, why? <laughs> what? No. <sighs> and then a female crew member said she heard sweater was tugged and then a male crew member said that the bottom of his jeans were tugged again why are they on like the floor they're rat ghosts rat ghosts <laughs> <laughs> my and- history teacher in high school had a framed photo of Jennifer Love Hewitt on his desk Ew. really yeah actually uh, well, is it like a super cleavage picture? No, no, it was just her face. It really was. Oh, okay. like, it was as though she was a member of his family or actually, something. Actually, I take back my ooh. That's actually really funny. Yeah. <laughs> and one day like, he moved it from the, uh, he moved it from his, oh no, it started, she was on the wall next to his desk <laughs> and then she was on a standing frame on his desk. And when we asked him about why, why yeah. he moved it, he, t- he said, she's back on the market. Apparently <laughs> she'd been divorced. And so I guess he was interested in courting her. That man later um, went on Wheel of Fortune and won $70,000 and retired from teaching. Oh, my God. Man, he probably has a shot now. He's like, I got the money. I can figure out how to be in the same room with her. Did y'all read the comment? Don't do it. Worst purchase of my life. Yeah, screw puffy coats. Don't do it. Uh, I love the comments. I hope you guys have that open. It's really, they're funnier than me. It's really, it's great. Lights on set would move several inches as actors watched, and then overhead lights would burst over the actors' heads in a million pieces. And they said it particularly happened when they were in a scene where people are talking about not believing in ghosts. Shit right there. (laughs) How dare you? say i don't exist and then other lights would whirl out of control without cause and then set props for like like disappear and then they just find them moved or missing like in different places i thought that was pretty funny yeah when they were filming Hewitt in a scene she noticed something strange going on behind her it seemed like something was just over her shoulder moving around and she turned around and she saw a shadow move and then she and the crew checked out the film Film footage. Jesus. And they're shocked they saw the ghostly figure right behind her and then yeah. walk away. I and that. Yeah. And then I saw it said it was a 2007 Ellen. She came to talk yep. about it. It was Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, honey, I could not find the clip to save my life. Really? 
Yeah, like all the Halloween from that 2007 is just like a weird sped up version of a game they played. And then they had like an animal person. And then it just showed her talking about her biggest fear was chicken fat and chick like birds. Hmm. And I was like, this is not the part of the interview I wanted. But that's also <laughs> not part of the interview that I remember. Because I actually remember seeing that interview about her uncle yeah. whisperer and thought it was really creepy. No, I couldn't find that, but I did see her on Watch What Happens Live, and then she talked about that, and then she also said when they were editing the show a lot, they would always have people in the scenes that weren't there. So, yeah. they didn't say if they kept those or not, so that'd be interesting to rewatch and be like, yeah. huh, I wonder. And the next TV show is Coronation Street, which is a very British show that I've never yeah, heard of. extremely British. <laughs> <laughs> It ran, it's been running since 1960. It's still on. It's the longest running British soap opera. And it's known for strong characters and depictions of working class communities. Okay. As many people of the UK can tell you, there are ghosts all over the place in the British Isles. The sets of these long running popular series is no exception. Apparently things have gotten so bad on Quarry, which is what they call it in the old Britain, said that the producers had to call in an exorcist to clear the place out. Whoa. Uh, you know shit's bad when you gotta call a priest. <laughs> yeah. The actors threatened to quit if something wasn't done. Oh <laughs> so my gosh. Wow. I can't imagine working somewhere to be like, if you do not call a priest, I'm done. Like, I'm I'm out. Yeah. The spirits on in Coronation Street are said to have once been Victorian dock workers. Huh. Can you imagine them being like, what the fuck is a TV? What are you doing? Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine a lot of cursing. Yes. And apparently the set is situated near a shipping canal. One spirit connected to the show is that of Pat Phoenix, who played Elsie Tanner and died in 1986. Phoenix was dying of lung cancer and kept it a secret from those around her. Some just weird lore there. In 2019, Julia Goulding, who plays Shauna Ramsey, called another ghostly encounter. Uh, She said, quote, we were doing a take and the sound operator had to stop what they're doing. And they said... That everybody need to be quiet. And that was just a weird thing that happened because nobody was making a single sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. in their headphones, all they heard was whispering and they start screaming, quiet on set. And everybody's like, what the fuck, dude? Nobody's saying a <laughs> word. That's creepy. And uh, there's this one clip and I'm going to share screen. And people saw this clip. And if you look at the, can you see it? Oh, wait, no, uh-huh. I didn't share it. Did I? Okay, you can see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if you're looking right <laughs> there, there should be like a weird shadow thing that walks by. Hmm. Do you see it? No. Oh, oh there. there. Okay. Hmm. Right at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So people watching the show were like, what the fuck is that thing? Huh. And apparently that happens all the time. So people that watch the show just kind of watch it to be like, catch the ghosties. I see in the chat uh, Dion says that the BBC show Most Haunted did an episode on the Coronation Street. Oh, set. cool. That would be really neat to watch. Yeah, I would be. You need an exorcist? I'm out. <laughs> I don't so just, huh. And then in 2015, The Infield Haunting was a miniseries that was uh, in the UK as well. And that's a really famous ghost story we'll probably cover at some point. But it's one of the most famous hauntings in the UK. The Enfield Poltergeist provides the basis for the story of The Conjuring 2. And mm. it takes place between 1977 and 1979. And the bizarre event was well documented and recorded. So this is one of the times where the possession was actually on 
uh, tape and people can Ooh. listen to it if you want to. If you're brave and want to Google that, you can. So some people say it's a hoax and there's a lot of debate on that. But for this Sky TV miniseries, the cast of this listened to the tapes to get into their characters. Mm -hmm. And apparently it freaked them the fuck out. (laughs) This is the one case where I'm like, I don't really think it's haunted. They just were so scared from listening to the tapes. Everything they saw, they thought they were ghosts. The only evidence they had was that every time the photographer came on set, the camera broke and it said he was annoyed, <laughs> but the rest of them were terrified. So it was one of the few ones where I'm like, I don't think that's a ghost. I think you're just paranoid. But yeah, they're really scary. I've listened to a few of them and I was like, nope, <laughs> not doing that. And it's that famous picture. It's like the girl looks like she's jumping off her bed, but she's all contorted. Like, yeah, yeah, your yeah. possession. It's that one. Ugh. Nope, 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 nope. So now I'm going to talk about haunted televisions because that's apparently a terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. I was looking for like television sets and then I was like, that's an actual haunted TV. All right, let's do this. (laughs) Long before cell phones and tablets became commonplace, reports of tech savvy ghosts first flooded in the television age. And then society suspicions of technology coupled with the fact that those old you know, TVs came with the erratic, static, foggy images already in crackly audio. I'm sure it was like a perfect breeding ground for ghosts. I mean, old TVs with static are just creepy by themselves. Yeah. And I guess if you stare at it long enough, you're going to see something. Yeah. So, Despite tales of haunted television sets dating back to as far as the early 1950s, <laughs> scientific research, I'm going to put quotes on that because I don't know how much science is really in that. Didn't really find its roots in the <laughs> 70s. <laughs> this is when reports of ghosts in the machine started shooting through the roof. Unsurprisingly, tapping into the social anxiety created by these hauntings, a new wave of cinema revolving around these horrors became really popular. Mm-hmm. I see poltergeist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same thing as like anytime something scary happens, people are like, let's make money off of that. Let's make a movie. Mm-hmm. One of the earliest publicized reports of a haunted television set dates back to 1953. When Jerome E. Travers of Long Island, New York, claimed he and his three children had witnessed a supernatural phenomenon whilst watching Ding Dong School. (laughs) (laughs) And it's apparently a precursor to Sesame Street. Oh, okay. I had no idea. According to Mr. Travers, a spectral woman suddenly appeared on the screen during the kids' show and her voice began echoing out from the television. The sounds and the images carried on even when they unplugged the TV set. Ooh. No, thanks. <laughs> I, <laughs> Rather than resorting to a psychic for help, the family decided that the best plan of action was to punish the TV set by turning it around to face the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Time out. Quote for gross misbehavior, frightening little children. It's <laughs> fucking funny. I love that so much. Uh, and the next uh, famous story is a woman in Minnesota was watching her husband rap presents on Christmas Eve in 1968 when she noticed an outstretched hand appear palms toward her on the TV set. The strange thing was that the TV was turned off at the time. She grabbed her camera and took a photo and it faded away. And I'm going to show you the photo uh, now. Ooh. Ooh, interesting. This one's creepy because this one's like, it has the negative too. So it's kind of like them trying to manipulate the picture to see if it's fake. Uh-huh. Wait, so when is this from? 1968. Okay. 
And we'll wonder, have these photos on the Facebook and our website too, so you guys can see. Okay. I wonder if it could be uh, a screen burned image. That's one of the arguments I saw. Um, and then a lot of people are like, why'd you take a picture? And she said, apparently the thing happened exactly at the same time the year before on Christmas. Last mm, huh. picture grabbed the camera because you're like, nobody believed me last time. <laughs> Get my camera this time. And the photo had been cropped. Um, you can see kind of the white thing in the corner. That's the husband's shoulder. Okay, yeah. But one of the sources, it was published in like a newspaper, the full photo, mm-hmm. and then it was cropped. So right now, nobody can find the real photo, but it was, there's like one instance of it. So a lot of people think it's fake, but yeah. some people can just say everything's a fake. So it's hard to tell. Yeah. But that's a really creepy hand. Yeah. But it's also 68. How great were people at like Photoshop in 68? Yeah. <laughs> it's also quite, uh, it's quite clear. Mm hmm. It's really creepy. Yeah. That's way too clear for me. <laughs> like I said, some people claim it's a burnt in image. Some people say it's a reflection. I don't think that's a reflection. And then some people say it's an image manipulation, but mm-hmm. some old couple in 68 i don't think they're i mean i could be wrong i don't think they're really talented enough to fake that yeah i'm digging the the creepy dog figurine on the top of the tv (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting i I love that i would like that it looks like a friend yeah yeah (laughs) another interesting report of a tv haunting comes from butan i'm probably saying that wrong it's fine. If you ever venture off to the once-in-a-lifetime trekking trip to the Himalayas, don't forget to stop off at the remote village of Tacinto. Again, I'm saying that wrong. I am so sorry. And it's the resting place of a long-banished television set. Interesting. Yeah. Why Banished. Would it be? Banished. It was exiled. It's supposedly cursed by an irate devil inhabited by an evil man's disgruntled soul. And haunted by a devious ghost that has escaped the heavens. And those are all this sounds like a film treatment from the 80s, honestly. Like this has the energy of Deathbed the Bed that eats people. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. I like that this is this is sort of in concert with the one you told us about a moment ago where the TV was put in timeout. (laughs) This is like people treating these objects as though they are like persons. So you're like you're putting this TV in timeout. If there's a spirit in there. You're banished. You We're banishing like, your vehicle. You can't like physically grab the spirit and make him go in timeout. So if they're stuck in your TV, <sighs> just turn the TV around. Mm-hmm. Show you. This is what? so interesting. It's interesting that I mean, I know Max and I have talked about like how technology is used in horror stories and films. Like, like let's see. The new child's play uh, has a really interesting take on that. Yeah, um, Chucky is kind of like. Um, kind of like an Alexa Amazon type thing oh. where like he's he's like a toy that is connected to the internet that mm-hmm. is like always online and maybe spying on you kind mm-hmm. of deal. Oh. Well, I don't know. Did you all watch Are You Afraid of the Dark when you were little? Yes, I did. Oh, you remember the episode? It scared the shit out of me. That's what, yeah. Um, do you remember the episode with the camera that is Ooh. uncontrollable? Ooh, and creepy. It, it, whatever it takes a picture of. A Polaroid comes out and it shows that thing destroyed. Yes. Moments later, that thing gets destroyed. Yeah, yeah I that, do remember that one. That, that showed it. Out. 
It's probably yeah. why we all love spooky shit now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Are you afraid of the dark and goosebumps? Yeah. Yes. I was just, I went on eBay and looked up haunted TVs just in case. There's, there's a bunch of fake ones. There's no real ones apparently. But like I was just thinking like, you know, in the movie The Ring, the TV plays an important role in the cassette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in The Shining, the typewriter plays an important mm-hmm. role. Mm-hmm. And then in in newer films, we're, we're moving on to newer and newer technology. Yeah. Like before it was like old fashioned typewriters and old fashioned cameras and we're moving through cassettes and, and VCRs and, you know, it's just interesting. And it, it makes me think about like, what do we, what do we uh, like, ha- what is our relationship with technology and horror? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it comes from, if I was just a spitball, I think a lot of it would come from like this, this, fear of the unknown or fear of something bigger than us Mm -hmm, um especially like i never watched black mirror but i know that black mirror deals a lot with that Mm -hmm. with like this like fear of other people and monitoring and and what we do um to to create our public self Mm -hmm. and how technology helps inform that Mm -hmm. and also like just new stuff is fascinating we love we love to be to be on the new tip no Mm -hmm. matter what it is that can be scary too. Mm-hmm. It can feel like you're losing control when there's all these new things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wild. Uh, da, 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 da. Stories suggest that the television set is to blame for disease, devastation and death to three separate families. This is the one that was banished. Yes. Okay. So like family number one, everybody died and then somebody got the TV and then they all got sick and then they sold the TV and then the last family started dying off and they're like, fuck. (laughs) So the villagers were like, it's the TV, obviously. And they said it was haunted. They said it would make noises even when it was turned off. So they said that that was a sign that it was possessed. Like, you hear a noise? Demons. (laughs) Zero to 60. Demons. So finally, they consulted with a famous astrologer on the subject, and they were informed that they have to get rid of the machine or it would continue to haunt them indefinitely. Mm. So the villagers took the cursed TV to an isolated cave far enough from the village that the curse would not work on them. They performed a ceremony to rid themselves of its evil and then went home. And it's been there for 20 years. Okay. At the point I read here, I think it's, it didn't give me a date. This was 90s ish, so it's probably more closer to 30 years now. Okay. But, um, and they warn anybody that comes to visit to not mess with this TV. And they say people show up and they'll get close and then they get scared and run away. But I mean, okay. that's just any haunted place. I, I wonder if anybody's come and taken the free TV that's in the cave. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a classic one, too. Uh, they believe that a TV has desecrated the entire hill and that those who dare to stray near the hill will be caught by the evil and go insane. Some people still say that at night you can sometimes see it flashing. Oh, so, no. that's a and, then, and then you see uh, a, a butchered up uh, commercial of <laughs> Billy Mays. Amazing. There was a quote that said a man removed it from the cave a few years ago. He had to put it back after it became lethally ill and insane. I don't know what lethally ill means. He's so sick he started killing people. (laughs) I don't know. It does not sound fun. No, I think lethal means you die. Yeah. Yeah. 
but he was alive enough to put it back. So I don't know. This okay. is just a weird quote. <laughs> it might be a language barrier too. Oh, yeah, so yeah. it might be a weird translation. So can't make fun of it too much. So a lot of people still try to go get it and then they get scared and they leave. Tashuring Dorji is one of the founding members of the Happy Valley Theater Group. And he decided that there was a prophecy and <laughs> everything he read was like, he, he made this up. But he says that a yogi will one day ascend to the cave and through the powers of meditation destroy the evil of the television. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or we could just call Zach Baggins because I'm sure he'd love that. Oh, in his music. Yeah. oh it would be a, a lovely piece for his collection. Mm-hmm. And then one of the newest things was I saw in 2010, some journalists went up there with a digital camera to take pictures and they said it turned pitch black and they ran away. So Ooh. I mean, it could also be that you're in a cave. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I don't know. That's just me. And uh, some little ghost hunting to end it with. One of the pioneers of using televisions to try and pick up signals from the dead was a German researcher named Klaus Schreiber. He used an apparatus he called the Vitacommon. I don't know. I don't think I said that German enough. It's okay. <laughs> he used a video camera aimed at the TV set and it switched on but not attached to an aerial. And the signal is looped to the output of the camera back to the TV. So, <laughs> okay. okay. I don't know. I don't do technology. This loop was said to produce a dramatic result with various faces apparently blooming out from the white noise. And on occasion, an actress from Austria named Rami Schneider supposedly clearly appeared on the TV in one session. And then in 1986, another researcher and physicist named Ernst Sikowski claimed he attained a clear, unmistakable image of a spirit from the TV set. In this case, a brief feed of video was picked up depicting the spirit of a dead EVP researcher named Hannah. Hmm. She had died in 1978. And then the person that showed up was a much younger version of her when she died. Hmm. So that's different. Yeah. I, I guess if you're a ghost hunter and you specialize in EVPs, I mean, maybe you'd want to be like, hey, I spent my life doing this. I want to show up first. Move away, actress. Let me in. <laughs> but I guess also if you've seen an actress on TV and you know she died, and that might be what you see when you stare into white noise Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah pareidolia very Mm -hmm. powerful thing Mm -hmm. everything can really be uh you know talked away you can you can describe most of this stuff like i always say i want to see a ghost but most stuff that i do is just mostly proving it wrong to myself i want to believe yeah (laughs) logic science you should make a you should make a a patreon sticker that has like a ghost and it says i want to believe (laughs) just put the ghost over the ufo in that i want to i don't i don't want to fuck with ufos though i don't (laughs) (laughs) i'm afraid of heights i don't want to go to space i don't want (laughs) it's too high it's too high for me the void is scary. <laughs> yeah, it, is. it is. And yet <laughs> intoxicatingly seductive. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. Well, thank you guys so much for coming and oh, talking yeah. about Thanks for having a ridiculously me. long time. <laughs> there was, was a lot really to do. We had you. a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. You can just talk forever about Zach Bagans, which is why you have a podcast. Plus, yes. we've talked for about a hundred. 
we've talked for about a hundred hours about Zach Bagans. <laughs> That's depressing. And you guys are on all major platforms. Yeah, yeah, the show's called Insanely Haunted because that's something that Zach says a lot when he's describing these locations. In later episodes. Um, we are on Twitter at Haunted Insanely. We have a Facebook page and we have a Facebook group called Insanely Big Fans of Insanely Haunted. <laughs> uh, we have a Tumblr as well, insanelyhaunted.tumblr.com. And you can send us an email at insanelyhauntedpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Nice. Highly recommend. Big fan. Thank you. Thank you. My mom agrees. Yay. And we have shout outs this week. We have two shout outs. We have Heather from Canada. Your first (laughs) Welcome. So thank you so much, Heather. We appreciate you. You are a majestic ass fuck. Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) Like a unicorn. (laughs) You want to do the next one? It's Megan. It's your it's your person. <laughs> it is my person. I'm super excited about our other Patreon, and that is Megan, who was our guest in the music episodes. And she's like a sister to me. We went to college together. I bothered her a lot. And <laughs> we got midnight ices constantly. <laughs> we are so healthy. She's just a really awesome person. So thank you, Megan, for, for joining us and not like guesting and then never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you guys so much. And if you want to be cool and majestic as fuck like them, join Patreon. It's patreon.com slash historical AF pod. And you can watch these live and you can comment. You can be funny. You guys are also funny. And uh, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for having us. Oh yes. And thank you. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was amazing. I, I now know even more about Zach Bagans, who I want to say Baggins every time. Oh, please do. That's fine. I know. Okay. I didn't know Lord of the Rings. It's because of it, well, Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. I just want mm-hmm. Filthy Bagginses. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I, I've learned a lot. Got a lot to sight. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot to process, a lot to unpack. <laughs> it's a lot. Lo- lots of like. Not unpack and just yeah, yeah. leave it in the suitcase. It's fine. And soon you'll be able to experience it yourself. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> don't make me do it. Wow. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week with part two. Okay, bye. bye.